This is Comic Shenanigans episode 189, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, July 30th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is episode 189. It's a reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, July 30th, and I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Every week, we take a look at the comics that were released the previous week and give a quick uh, capsule review of the issue and as well as a rating. Uh, this week's episode going up on Thursday, August the 7th, a little bit later than would be expected. It's going to be a little bit of a faster episode as a, as a result, um, just because... Uh, new comics have already come out, so we're already talking about old news, so we're going to be a little bit brief about it. Uh, first up is none other than Avengers 33. This is written by Jonathan Hickman with artwork by Lionel Francis Yu. Um, this is 50,000 years into the future. Um, it's Captain America alone in the future. Um, I just It's not that I don't like the story, it's just that I feel like, and I've said this for the last few issues, that we're just it's just taking too long to get to the point we're getting each issue is Captain America and others and now just himself finding himself in a future I'm really sure what's going on how this future even gets there uh, trying to kind of figure it out piece it together we get a, a little bit of a sense of where he is um, what the future has has basically in store for him and for the Avengers etc we get cryptic clues and then it's over and then he shunts to another place in time um, I'm just kind of tired of it to be honest with you it also just feels like it's killed momentum entirely for this book because we were getting somewhere with the whole original Zintayan and then we just started taking this weird jump through time which I just it's interesting but again it just feels like we're getting rinse and repeat the same thing every issue and that's just not interesting after a certain point um, and again, it's just trying to be too cryptic and too clever for its own good. And at this point, I'm just kind of like, get to the point already, because I'm, I'm losing my patience with how slow the momentum is. It's still interesting, but again, I feel like back in the day, you could have done this in one or two issues instead of making it, what is it, three or four or five issues now? Like, it feels like it's been a while. Um, so I'm going to give it maybe a six and a half. I mean, it still looks good, still interesting, but it's just, it's trying my patience. Uh, because it just feels like we've lost all sense of momentum for this book. Uh, next up is Avengers World number 10. This is alright. I mean, it does definitely feels like we're finally kind of getting a coalescence of all the ongoing storylines. There's three main fronts that have been kind of addressed on this series, and now we're finally kind of getting it all dovetailing together and all hitting the fan at the same time. Um, so that part's interesting. Uh, it's by Nick Spencer. I work by Marco Chichito, who I do enjoy. I thought this was uh, probably a much more coherent issue than we've had in the past. Although, again, still felt a little slow moving, even though we have all these plots technically converging. Um, interested to see where they go from the from here, especially with the uh, next Avengers, uh, which is really potentially interesting. I just felt like there was probably six pages we could have gotten more story out of because we had like the one page at the beginning where it's we see Magipor and the dragon and then we have the one page of Morgan Le Fay laughing and then we have another page of Andrew Forson telling uh, the AIM Empire members that it's beginning that's three pages right there then at the end of the issue we have uh, a full page of the dragon you know engaging these these fighter jets and we have Morgan Le Fay commanding her followers forward and we have uh, the agents of AIM converging on a, on a location. So that's six issues of this comic, sorry, six pages of this comic, which is not really moving the story forward that, that much. Um, 
and it, it just felt like getting one or two of the like getting three of the pages would have been interesting as kind of either a way to end the issue uh, or start the issue but getting three to start three to end it just felt like that six pages that you could have been spending on more meaningful plot development than what you actually ended up spending I still enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a seven. Um, still a good book. Still a good read. I definitely enjoyed it more than this week's Avengers, but I just think it could have been a little bit tighter. That's for sure. Uh, let's see. Next up is Batman Eternal number seventeen. Um, this last issue, I think I'd said that it wasn't really my cup of tea. I feel just the same about this issue. Uh, it's written by stories by Scott Snyder and James Tinney in the fourth script by Ray Fox and consulting writers are John Lehman and Tim Seeley with artwork by Dustin Wynn, who again is not my favorite artist uh, when it comes to the Batman Eternal artists. Um, we got a little bit of de- development with uh, Robin and uh, Harper Rowe. Um, wherever they are we have the deacon character kind of we got a little bit more of his his backstory uh and also seeing what's going on with him now um a little bit more with batwing and and constantine i not constantine sorry corrigan i really just did not care for this issue it had none of the elements that i think make this series so strong and interesting i'm going to give it a four i just i was really bored the whole supernatural aspect is not something I know that I've heard in interviews that they're saying that this it's a huge part of this book and that there is a supernatural bend to it. It's not my favorite part of it. In fact, it's far from it. Uh, next up is, let's see, Justice League. Uh, this is issue number 32, written by uh, Jeff Johns, artwork by Doug Monkey. Um, I think this has been a really interesting story. Um, we have the Metal Men here, a decidedly kind of different version of the Metal Men, a little bit darker, um, dealing with a metamorphosis. Uh, whatever her name is, Element Lady, Lady Metamorpho, I don't even know what her name is supposed to be. I forget. Um, she's kind of part of this Doom Patrol now. They're dealing with Jessica Cruz, otherwise known as the new Power Ring. Uh, then the Justice League kind of shows up and has a bit of a confrontation with um, the uh, Doom Patrol. Uh, we get a little bit more of Lex Luthor and his plan for Captain Cold. Um I didn't find this issue nearly as interesting as the last issue, uh, with all of its elements of Lex Luthor and Batman. Um, that being said, I do like how the storyline's being progressed with the idea of Superwoman's baby, uh, what that could mean for everyone, what Jessica Cruz could mean for everyone. Um, the potential backstory between the Chief and Lex Luthor is interesting as well. Um, so I'm going to give this a solid 7.5. Um, it, again, it kind of abandoned the whole Batman storyline, which I thought was more interesting in the last two issues, but it's still, generally speaking, quite good. Uh, next up is Manhattan Projects. This is issue 22. Uh, yet another solid read, and I would expect nothing less from this book at this point. Um, it's written by Jonathan Hickman, artwork by Nick Patara as he returns, because he was off last issue with Ryan Brown doing the art. Um, it's kind of an interesting issue, because it's very much a place-setting issue that we're... Like, we have uh, Yuri finding out that um, his dog is back, um, and we also have him kind of escaping Khrushchev's forces, which is actually a lot of the issue. Um, Feynman's starting to write uh, his his chronicle, so we're getting a little bit of a sense of what's going on in the world. It's a little bit more world-building and setting the stage, as opposed to having a lot of plot development in one specific area. Um I do like the idea that you have the two Einsteins kind of traveling through the door, the bridge together. That part's really cool. Uh, also seeing what uh, Westmoreland and uh, Groves are willing to do is pretty crazy as well. Um, 
It's still enjoyable. Um, it was just it was a different pacing of an issue. Still liked it. Still going to give it an eight out of ten. Very solid read. It just it was interesting that, that we've had so much forward momentum recently that it almost felt slow. Um, not in a bad way. It just it just just did. Uh, next up is uh, New Avengers twenty one. This uh, I kind of feel like we're just kind of getting to a point here. I, the art I think in this book has gone steadily downhill. I mean I like Valerio Shidi. Not a huge fan of Salvador Luroca these days. Uh, I love Jonathan Hickman's writing. I do think the writing on this was strong. I just thought the art was a little weak. Um, because the actual story here was quite interesting with... You have uh, the Great Society finally kind of losing. And then the question becomes who's willing to use the, the bomb to destroy this world and take that step. And Black Panther is unwilling and everyone's unwilling. And then... Um, uh, Namor just picks it up and, and does it. He takes that choice away from Black Panther and just and just does what needs to be done. Um, I've already read issue, I guess twenty three or twenty two that actually came out this this week, uh, August sixth, and it was a really really good follow up. Um, so I mean, this was a really good issue, but the next issue in some ways is better because it really is a nice follow up to what this choice means. But uh, eight out of ten, absolutely, it's, it was quite good. Um, next up is Original Sin three point three. This is the uh, the Hulk and Iron Man crossover. Still not a huge fan uh, of why it had to happen. Mark Wade and Kieran Gillen wrote the story with Mark Wade doing the script and Mark Bagley doing the pencils. Uh, the pencils are fantastic. Um, I love Mark Bagley's t- take on the Hulk. I just think it's fantastic. It just looks great. Um, seeing kind of Hulk being smart and then coming for the uh, for Iron Man was really entertaining and interesting. Uh, the fact that uh, Hulk is quite smart because the extremis is cool as well. Uh, the whole, you know, Tony Stark kind of going on a bit of a magical mystery tour into his own memory and realizing that he's kind of an asshole. Um, I don't know if I care for that element. Like, the idea of Iron Man before was not that he was ever really malicious. He was just kind of, like, into himself and not worried about the other people in the world and just kind of uh, not understanding how he, when he was developing weapons, etc., were really impacting the world. But here, we're getting kind of him as being kind of a... A raging drunk earlier than we would have usually seen him and being kind of a malicious person and drunk and I don't know how I feel about that aspect of the character because we're not seeing anything kind of negative against the Hulk here we're seeing it more as being like Iron Man's an asshole yet again um so I'm not a huge fan of that aspect of the story I did love the art I thought the art was brilliant uh the story leaves a lot to be desired so I'm going to give it a six out of ten um the artwork is really propping that up I think uh, next up is Secret Avengers. Um, I just recently caught up with this book. This is issue six. I feel like I'm always constantly falling behind a little. Um, we got Alice Cott writing it with Michael Walsh on art. Uh, this was just a fantastic issue. It's so much fun. You got Black Widow going up against Lady Bullseye. Um, it's just so well paced. This fight sequence between them. Um, everything that's going on with Modoc right now is just extremely entertaining. But again, the, the centerpiece is really that fight between Black Widow and Lady Bullseye. Um, then you also have, as I said, um, a whole thing with Phil Coulson kind of doing his own thing, and then Hawkeye's kind of on his trail. And then uh, the last page is Deadpool, which is definitely not what I would have expected, and it was a, a nice piece of misdirection. Um, this is this is very entertaining. I'm going to give it an eight and a half out of ten. I just it has its own sense of style, uh, both with the pacing and with the artwork. And it's nothing is really that quite like it. 
um, in terms of that weird quirkiness. I mean, the art at times is very much in keeping with David Aja's take on Hawkeye, but at the same time, the writing is just extremely, extremely sharp. And everything they've been doing with Modoc in this book has been just a hoot. Um, that's right, I said a hoot. Uh, next up is Sinestro, and this is what, issue number four. Uh, this remains just a really entertaining book, although Rags Morales is not Daily Eagle Sham, so although the artwork is good, it's not great. Colin Bunn is doing a really great job um, writing Sinestro and really giving him kind of the majesty and the power he deserves as a character. Um, he's been around long enough, he's done enough respect in the DC Universe that I really like seeing how he's written as he goes up against these uh, these new characters that are kind of devoid of emotion. Uh, the end of the issue definitely promises some sort of throwdown between him and um, Hal Jordan next issue, so uh, this was good. It was, a, it was a nice, solid issue as they continue to write a really good Sinestro story. Um, it's kind of... I'm a little disappointed that they have to bring in Hal Jordan so early, just because I feel like the longer he's kind of on his own doing his own thing, the more interesting it, it can be to kind of build up Sinestro on his own. The minute you bring in Hal, I think it stunts that development a little bit, but you know what? We'll see how the next issue goes, because maybe I'll be wrong. I hope I am, actually. Uh, next up is Uncanny Avengers 22. This was really, really good. Uh, I like the cover as well. Written by Recommender with artwork by Daniel Acuna. Uh, this is the Avenge the Earth conclusion. Uh, a lot of kind of really fun moments here, like the two Iron Men fighting each other, uh, Havoc and Sunfire trying to um, in- um, absorb as many cosmic energies as possible and then going up against a Kang, uh, seeing how that works going up against Kang. Uh, seeing this, the choice that Sinestro makes as well, uh, the loss of uh, Havoc's daughter, um, at the end, kind of the idea that Grim Reaper, the, the Apocalypse Twins, and Dakin are still out there. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. I thought it was a really solid, solid story. I feel like um, I would have preferred this not be the conclusion, but instead be like the next issue with the, kind of the aftermath and dealing with it, be the true conclusion, which I guess it still could be. Um, and we're about to start the ramp up to Axis and continuing this long story that Recommender started two years ago. Um, this is this is good. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Again, I'm giving a lot of 8s this week. Uh, sometimes I go a lot of weeks without giving a lot of 8s, and this is not that week. Uh, next up is Uncanny X-Men. This is issue number 24. I hate the redesign of Dazzler. I just I don't like it at all. Uh, I don't like the artwork by Chris Anka at all. Um, Bendis is writing... It's all right with the whole idea of this last Old Testament, but um, it's just taking a long time to get to the point. Again, the artwork is not doing this book any favors. Um, Cyclops kind of comes home to hear the the reading of the will, and then even that doesn't seem to make any sense because um, this, this stuff that he's saying about being married is kind of weird as well. Um, well, I, well, I guess that's just the written will, and then there's like the holographic will. Um, it's interesting, too, because didn't Jonathan Hickman do kind of a Will of Xavier when he was dealing with uh, Beast becoming part of the Illuminati? But it, that's its own thing. Um, I didn't really like this issue, mostly because of the art. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. I just I just did not like it. I mean, it's not as atrocious as that artwork on uh, She-Hulk for the last two months, but it just wasn't to my taste. I don't really like Chris Anka. I don't like his take on the characters. Um, it wasn't for me. That's actually every book I'm going to have a chance to talk about today. Uh, the books I didn't get a chance to read this week include the following. Um, 
100th anniversary special uh, number one Guardians of the Galaxy Adventures of Superman 15 Old New Ghost Rider 5 De- Aquaman Annual number 2 Bodies number 1 Cyclops number 3 DC Comics Presents Batman Adventures number 1 Deadpool Dracula's Gone number 4 Detective Comics Annual number 3 Guardians of the Galaxy 17 Harley Quinn number 8 Hawkeye number 19 Iron Man Special number 1 Iron Patriot number 5 New 52 Futures End number 13 Red Lanterns Annual number 1 Sandman Overture number 3 Smallville Season 11 Special number 5 um, Ultimate FF number 5 Vertigo Quarterly number 1 Magenta or Magenta uh, Wake number 10 and X-Men 17 So that is basically our episode in terms of uh, the comics that came out on July 30th uh, If we take a quick look forward at what's coming out well, or has come out now on August the 6th uh, We have the following um, let's see, some of the highlighted uh, releases include two chapters of Doomed coming out in Action Comics and Action Comics Annual, a uh, new issue of Aquaman and the Others, uh, you've got the um, uh, Batman Essentials Dark Knight Returns Special Edition number one, uh, for Constantine fans you have the second paperback of his new 52 title, uh, Earth 2 has a new issue as well as new issues of Green Lantern and Green Arrow, uh, new 52 rolls on with issue 14, um, you have the Superman hardcover volume 4 Cywar as well as the third trade paperback Fury at World's End another chapter of Doom so that's actually 3 for the week in Superman Wonder Woman and that's an annual um, you've also got a third issue of Tiny Titans Return to the Treehouse uh, looking over at Marvel you have the kind of crossover issues of Black Widow number 9 and Punisher number 9 but really they are self contained if you only read one of those titles you still get the team up but you'll just get two sides to the coin if you read both which i think is kind of a cool uh, thing to do uh for those who are fans of the fury max uh, my war gone by story the hardcover is coming out it's an oversized hardcover uh iron fist living weapon number five comes out for those who like iron man by kieran gillen you got the uh, third trade paperback which is the secret origin of tony stark book two uh, for those fans of Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale's uh, yellow, blue, and gray stories with uh, Daredevil, Spider-Man, and Hulk, respectively, uh, that's a nice big hardcover coming out. So that's 12 issues for 75 bucks. Sorry, 18 issues for $75. Um, but there are, are larger issues than normal, and they're pretty gorgeous. Um, I'm actually thinking about getting this, even though I have all three in trade paperback. I think I've sold off my singles for these series, but I'm not sure. Um, but... Uh, I don't think I can I can make it uh, justifiable to actually get this hardcover, but it would be gorgeous. Um, speaking of a hardcover I just can't justify at all is the Marvelous Platinum Edition Slipcase hardcover, which is $200. Yeah, $200. I mean, it's a giant version of Marvels by Kurt Busiek and um, Alex Ross, and apparently it has like hundreds of pages or maybe just 150 pages or something of supplementary material. Uh, from Alex Ross, it just feels like it's too much money for too little content because you have a four-issue miniseries and then a ton of bonus content for two hundred dollars. That's crazy pants. Um, other selected uh, offerings include uh, Moon Knight number six, the last issue I believe by Warren Ellis, uh, New Avengers twenty-two, New, War- New Warriors eight, uh, Original Sin three point four and five point three. That's two weeks in a row with both New Avengers and Original Sin. Uh, Rocket Raccoon number two, Superior Foes of Spider-Man number fourteen. 
the Thanos Infinity Revelation original graphic novel hardcover. Uh, for those who missed Rick Remender's Uncanny X-Force, there's the complete collection volume one coming out. And then finally, the Superior Spider-Man number 32, as we get to find out what happened to Superior Spider-Man when he disappeared during the uh, the arc, the initial arc with uh, Spider-Man 2099, when he kind of disappeared and then showed up again, um, which also looks like it's going to be a major tie-in to Ends of the Earth. Anyways, that is our episode for this week. Uh, stay tuned uh, in the next few days for our next episode, episode 190. Uh, which will be a flashback episode uh, in that we'll be looking at um, I believe the Marvel flashback event of I think 97 I I think that's going to be our next episode and then the following week in episode 192 we'll be uh, coming out with our spotlight on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie which is actually coming out in one more day as I speak this as I uh, record this but that will be releasing next week uh, around the 14th or 15th and then the week following, we'll have a, um, another Talk in Heroclix episode as we'll be talking about uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy set, which is actually coming out on the 13th, but that episode will be coming out on the 21st or 22nd. Um, after that, I'm not really sure what the the episodes after that will be. Um, 196, 198 haven't really been decided yet. And then we'll have the big episode 200, which will be coming out in September, although I'm actually recording that as we speak in about something like 17 days. So I'm super pumped for that episode. If you have any ideas for uh, to incorporate into episode 200, let us know uh, in the next week or so. You can email us at shenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, and also subscribe to us on iTunes as well. So thanks once again for joining us for Comic Shenanigans. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.